This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. You know, I've been so fortunate to be involved in the sports industry since the early 1990s. And during that time, working in swimming, in rugby, in rugby league, in AFL, in tennis, in cricket, in triathlon, in so many sports in Australia, New Zealand, the United States and Canada, throughout Asia and the Pacific, Europe and the UK and South Africa. Zimbabwe and many, many other places. I've had the opportunity to learn from some wonderful minds, from outstanding people in the industry, coaches, athletes, leaders, change drivers, influencers, sports science, sports medicine practitioners, and academics. And every so often, when I'm at a conference, when I'm talking online, when I'm doing a webinar, someone will say, Wayne, with all your experience, what have you learned? If you had to summarize it in a short period of time, what are the two, three, four, five lessons that you've learned that you've seen consistently applied around the world? Have you seen, for example, great coaches in South Africa and in the United States and in England, in Germany, Australia, who all do similar types of things, regardless of the sport that they might be? Have you seen some characteristics or qualities in coaches, athletes, leaders that you've seen universally that apply for everyone in the industry who aspires to greatness, no matter where they may be, no matter what their experience level might be? Have you learned some core fundamental principles? Well, the answer is yes. And there are some common factors. And it's interesting, colleagues, that when I travel around, quite often I'll be in a country and they'll try to tell me that their sport or their nation is different and what works around the world wouldn't work there. And sure, there are language differences, cultural differences, geographical differences. But when you cut it all down, there are some factors, there's some capabilities, some qualities, there's some core things that people who are successful do all over the world, no matter what they're doing. You know, in fact, what I, I believe is one of the most neglected areas of learning for everyone involved in sport is looking at other sports, is seeing what's happening in other sports because there are brilliant people in gymnastics. There are outstanding people in rowing. There's magnificent minds in swimming. There's incredible talent in creativity, innovation, in football, in every sport. There are people who are outstanding and talented and genius individuals. It's just that they've chosen different directions, they've fallen in love with different sports or they've been in a situation through their family, through their home, through their nation where they've followed one path or the other. But I've seen brilliant minds in every country that I've worked and in every sport that I've been involved with. 
And, you know, the funny things, quite often you'll talk to a coach, for example, in one of the football codes who will tell you and believe that the only way to learn and improve and grow in their code is steeped within the habits, traditions and the talent of the people in their code. And each of the football codes believes that to be true. The reality I've found, having had the fortune of working across every football code around the world, is there's something to learn from everybody in every sport all over the world. And in fact, one of the things I do in my creative coaching courses is I ask people to teach simple skills in their sport to similar sports. And the most common example I use is passing. So I ask hockey coaches to teach rugby coaches, basketball coaches, and netball coaches the concept of passing. And even though passing is something that's very consistently taught in all those sports, the way that it's taught is very different. But you'd be surprised, colleagues, the number of coaches at those types of sessions who go, wow, there are people in other sports who really know what they're doing and I can learn from them. In today's podcast, though, I want to talk about the five things that I've noticed, the five things, the five qualities, the five values, the five consistent attributes that I see in successful people, coaches, in leaders, in innovators around the world, in sport. Now, when you look at these types of lists, what I suggest to you is to look at each of the five that I present to you. And then think about how does that apply to me? Or does that in fact apply to me? I think one of the things that I've noticed colleagues is there are so many lists, 20 ways to improve football, 16 ways to get faster, 22 ways to improve endurance. There are a lot of lists that it can be tempting to say, yep, all 22, all 18, all 75 things on that list are things I need to adapt. And you can get lost and confused and overwhelmed, and in the end, nothing happens. So I've kept this list of five, and these are the five core qualities that I see in all the great coaches and leaders. There's other things that are there as well that I'm not going to tap on today. I'm not going to really investigate. But these are the five that when I turn up and I'm talking with a coach maybe on pool deck in the United States or out on a football field in England, or out on an Australian rules pitch in Australia, when I'm dealing with successful people, people who have consistently delivered success, these are the things that jump out that I see everywhere. Number one, dare to be different. Difference wins. Uniqueness wins. Think about music and the music that you've grown up with. Think about the bands, the artists, the entertainers that you enjoyed listening to. Were they the same as all the other people that were writing and playing music at the time? No. There was something about them that was different, something about them that was unique. They were the first to play a certain type of music, perhaps, or their sound was so different to everybody else that it struck a chord with you. And you went, wow, that's so good. Or look at the great innovators and creators, even in the last 25 years in technology, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. Look at the people who dared to dream about what could be, who had a vision. 
In another podcast, I've covered the concept of vision. They call a vision a vision because you can see it. The great minds, the wonderful people I've worked with around the world for almost 30 years now have been visionaries. They've seen a picture in their mind of what could happen in the future. And they've seen it with such detail and such precision. They've seen it with so much information that it feels like it's already happened. It's almost an inevitability that it will. And then they're able to see that vision of the future with such detail and clarity that they can tell the story of the future with the same detail and information and clarity as they could tell a story of the past or the present. That's the art really of great leaders. And that requires a level of thinking that says things will change and I will lead the introduction of change. I will the one who will be daring to be different. I am the one who will lead my team, my athletes, even my sport in that direction because I can see what's going to happen. And moreover, I'm going to shape that. So number one on the list, the things that I see when I travel around the world working with people everywhere in different sports, is where I see someone who's different, someone who's thinking and saying and doing different things, someone who's asking questions about why do we do what we do, someone who's challenging what is and thinking about what could be, someone that quite often is described by others as being a bit unreasonable or difficult or unusual or hard to get along with. Well, why do we say that about innovators, creators, and people who dare to be different? It's because they're different, because they don't just follow what everyone else says, that they're prepared to take a few risks and step outside what is to see what could be. But remember, colleagues, that people who win are different. If they weren't doing different things, they wouldn't be winning. And think about the number of times that you've gone to a conference or a clinic or a workshop or a coach education event. You want to hear from somebody who's thinking, saying and doing things that no one else is doing. That's so much of what we value and appreciate and we seek out in our own coaching, learning and growth. Number two. Thoughts leading to words, leading to actions. Where I see greatness is where people are focused on doing. They actually do things. And there's a wonderful phrase that we judge ourselves on intent, on what we might do, we could do, we should do, we're going to do. But others judge us and we judge others based on what they actually do because actions matter. No one is perfect and no one gets things perfectly correct the first time they try to do them. And I believe that the difference between successful people and people who don't achieve the level of success that perhaps they want, they desire or even deserve is they live in their head. They don't take that step of going from the idea to the words to the actions. They don't actually do anything. They don't take that step to turn thoughts and words into actions. You know, when I see people in different parts of the world who are being successful, they rarely claim that they've got all the answers, but they will tell you about what they are trying. 
They'll talk to you about what they're experimenting with. They'll tell you about some of the things that they're playing with, ideas that they're looking at and they're reevaluating that they're using in training to see how things are working, to get feedback from their athletes. They actually do things. And I see a lot of people with aspirations to greatness who have wonderful ideas, tremendous intellect, but don't do anything. They don't act. And the lesson that I've got from that very much is if you've got an idea and if you've got a feeling, if you've got an intuition, try it. Do something with it. Experiment on yourself, obviously, ensuring that it's safe and ethical. But if you've got an idea that you think's groundbreaking, believe in yourself and try it. Put it into action and do things. So number two is actually do something. The great people that I see are doers, are doers. They put things into action. I meet a lot of great thinkers. I rarely meet people who are doing and who are forcing and driving the pace and the direction of change, yet that's what it means to be successful. Number three, persistence. It would be fair to say, colleagues, that when I meet a successful person, be that an athlete, be that a coach or a leader, their journey has rarely been easy. It's very rare that someone will stand up at a conference or will do a proposal to their club or to their sport and say, I've got a revolutionary new way of doing things. I believe I can see a vision of what we can be and this is what I'll, it's very, very rare that everyone in that room will say, I'm sorry, we've got it wrong, we're going to go your way. It is very rare and I would say unheard of that anyone who's been driven to inspire a change, a significant change in their sport, in their club, with their athletes, very rare, unheard of even, that when they've presented their difference, when they've talked about what they're going to do to make a difference, that everyone in the sport has gone, yep, we're wrong, you're right, and we will follow your way. No matter how brilliant and how inspirational they may be as a speaker, no matter how great the idea might be, no matter how strong the science behind it might be, it is very rare that anyone who is a genuine leader who's introducing change has behind them immediately complete support. And that resistance to change has been written about by Plato, by Aristotle, by Marcus Aurelius, by Machiavelli, by so many philosophers over thousands of years. Is That is the cornerstone. That is the challenge that all great minds and all great people face, is that pushback and that resistance to change. Change is a difficult thing to drive, but it is necessary and important. And the people that I meet who are exceptional have been the ones that have led the change that was so desperately needed, regardless of the pushback and the resistance, and at times even the violent feedback and negativity that they receive. They continue to push forward to achieve what they believe is possible and what they believe will help athletes realise their full potential. Many people have great ideas, but as soon as they present it in public, 
the level of resistance, the level of resistance to change, the pushback, the negativity, the personal attacks that often flow from someone who's daring to be a little bit different is considerable. Yet where I see greatness, colleagues, is they've persisted, they've fought, they've got up off the ground and they've just kept going and going and going to ensure that their athletes and the people they work with and indeed in some cases their sport has become remarkable. So number three, persistence. Number four, the topic of a recent podcast, continuous improvement. Getting better never stops. Getting better a little bit every day. When I meet someone who's extraordinary, I can't remember when I've ever met someone who's extraordinary who said, Wayne, we've got a system that works and we just keep doing the same thing. I can't remember a story where an exceptional leader, where a brilliant coach has said, we're doing what we've done for the last 10 years because we know it works. And one of the dumbest things that I hear said over and over again in popular media, media in taxis, by people at barbecues, by everywhere is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. My comeback is, if it ain't broke, look for ways to improve it. Continuous improvement, whether you've been highly successful or whether you've had a less than satisfying coaching experience this year, continuous improvement, getting better, learning, growth, improvement is at the very heart of all great achievers and all great achievements. There is nothing, there is nothing in this universe that stands still and stops and waits for everything to catch up. Everything is evolving, is learning, is improving, is trying to get a little bit better, is trying to survive, is trying to flourish. And if you're in a leadership role, if you're a coach, at the very heart of what you do every day must be learning and improvement. And it doesn't have to be a big step, colleagues. It can be as simple as you sitting down at the end of your practice sessions as a coach or at the end of the day or sitting in the train on the way home, sitting in your car driving home, maybe out on a run or out on a walk at the end of the day, enjoying a glass of wine or a beer as you're sitting to relax at the end of the day. Every day, having a very simple routine that says, question one for me, did I coach? Did I lead? Did I perform at my best today? Ask yourself a second question, which goes, did I coach? Did I lead? Did I train? Did I perform? Did I practice in a way which made a difference? Did I change a life today if I'm a coach? Did I connect with a heart? Did I inspire a spirit if I'm a coach or a leader? So question two is, did I make a difference today? And number three, what did I learn today? that will make me better tomorrow? And those three simple questions, sitting in the car at the end of the day working or the end of the day practicing, in the train, in the bus, in the cab, sitting at home relaxing, wherever it is, just before you go to sleep. Did I coach, did I lead, did I practice to my best today? Did I make a difference today? Did I change a heart? Did I inspire a mind? Did I impact on a human soul today? Did I make a difference today? And thirdly, what did I learn today 
that will make me better at what I do tomorrow. Those three simple, practical, short questions are at the very heart of continuous improvement. And if all you do every day is ask yourself those three questions, there's no need to be buying books and attending seminars and going to workshops and spending a lot of money on professional development. Those three self-reflection questions every day are enough to stimulate continuous improvement in all coaches and all leaders, in fact, anyone interested in being successful. And finally, number five, the fifth quality that I see in great people is what I call an inquiring mind, an inquisitive mind, a what-if mind, and I'll explain that. Many, many people are overly focused on what they can see, what they can measure, what they can download, on what's known. And yet greatness comes from what's unknown, from seeing things and doing things that no one else can see and that no one else is prepared to do. And where I see greatness, I see coaches who ask questions like, what if we? I wonder how we could. What would happen if I? Imagine if we did. They've got a mind which looks at everything that they're doing and everything that is and says, yes, but I wonder what would happen if we? How could we? And this is a frightening but also invigorating place to live, colleagues, because it says that I'm never going to stand still. It says that I'm constantly in a dynamic place where I'm learning and improving and growing. It says that I resist the temptation, the human desire to rest and wait and hope things will work out. But if you can embrace that idea where anything you're doing, warm-up, skills practice, planning, periodization, strength training, endurance training, skills learning, the way you interact with athletes. If your brain can ask a simple question, what if, how could we, I wonder what would happen when, how could we, those simple questions are the inspiration, the fire of creative coaching. And creativity in this day, particularly in these times, in coaching is so critically important. Everybody knows what you know. There is so much information available on the internet, but if it's on the internet, everybody else already knows it. And by asking yourself questions like, what if, how could we, I wonder if we, what if we, asking those simple, inquisitive, curious questions in all that you do, that sparks the fire of creativity. And the fire of creativity leads to innovation, which is applying creativity into action. And that's what drives the force of greatness and change. So in summary, colleagues, the five most important lessons that I can teach you, the five most important things that I can share with you from a lifetime working with amazing people all over the world is this. One, dare to be different. Have a vision and don't be afraid to think, to say, and to do different things. Number two, it's about actions. It's about doing. 
It's not about just being the most brilliant mind. It's putting that mind into motion, into muscle and moving. Number two is about action, about doing something, about putting your thoughts into actions. Be a doer. Number three, persist, persist, persist. Never, ever give up. If you had an athlete who had an injury, you would talk to them about fighting back. If you had a team that lost a grand final, you would inspire them to come back next year, learn from the experience and persist and try again. Do not expect, no matter how brilliant you think you are or how well qualified you may be or how much research you've done, that people will roll over and just say, sure, we will follow you blindly because you're so amazing. That's not the way genius works. You will get pushback, you will get resistance, you will get people who do not want to change. But if you strongly desire and truly desire to be great, it's about persisting in that environment and knowing with certainty eventually you will prevail. Number four, continuous improvement. Getting better never stops. Those three simple questions every day. Did I coach at my best today? Did I make a difference today? What did I learn today that will make me better tomorrow? Simple questions with big answers that fire the flame of creativity. And finally, develop and embrace an inquisitive mind. Don't accept what is. Don't accept what people in textbooks and online and experts at conferences are telling you what is. Be that person that goes, yes, that might be what is, but what if we? I hate words like benchmarking. I hate people who will talk to me about, yes, we've done benchmarking and we now know what the best do, and then they go about copying it. Benchmarking, colleagues, is a starting point. It's a moment where you go, wow, if the best are doing that, I wonder what would happen if we did something better, different, smarter, faster, or more often. Those five lessons are so critically important if you're striving to be successful. Like anything, success is a habit. It's not about waking up tomorrow morning and doing step three, persistence, or step five, developing an acquisitive mind. It's about living a lifestyle where you dare to be different, where you put things into action, where you persist, where you strive to continuously improve every day and you're constantly challenging what is in the interest of discovering what could be. This has been Wayne Goldsmith for Sports Thoughts. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com. Thank you.